Hello, I'm your host, Angelina Jenis, and this is the CXCast. This is part two of our conversation with Craig Patterson, head of CX and digital transformation at Avangrid, and Jeff Harrison, chief design officer at Blink. As you may remember, if you tuned in last time, Avangrid owns and operates eight electrical and natural gas utilities in New York and New England. And Blink is a user experience firm that partnered with Avangrid in its CX transformation. Again, I've kicked my co-host Martin out, but today I have another senior analyst here ready to go and ask the tough questions. Basically, you're getting an inside view on how we do our research here at Forrester. So AJ Joplin has joined me, and she's going to lead the conversation with Craig and Jeff. With that, take it away, AJ. Thank you, Angelina. Happy to step in for Martin and to chat with Craig and Jeff. Today, we're going to be discussing the role of design in creating quality experiences with special emphasis on how design helped Avangrid improve their services and customer outcomes. So thank you for joining me today, gentlemen. Thank you for having us. Yeah, happy to be here. And today, to kick off this whole conversation, I think it's important to define what we mean when we say experience design for our audience. The three of us have been in this space for a long time, and I think we could do our audience a favor by helping them understand it a little bit more. It's not just about post-it notes, right? So what do you think about that question, Jeff? What is experience design? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, I think when we think about experience design, we're talking about a customer's whole experience with a service. But that whole experience with the service occurs over time and the individual interactions can be different each time achieving a different goal each time so when we say experience design we're really talking about what we want that experience to feel like all together so we need to think about the whole but then we also need to think about each interaction that helps to achieve that goal at blink the way we think about this is kind of levels of zoom and often when we're talking about how we're going to think about a problem we're trying to understand what's the level of zoom that we're solving for and as designers we need to be able to design the service at each level of zoom to make all the pieces fit together craig is there anything you'd like to add about that yeah so when you think about experience design at avantgrid a good example would be the moving home customer experience We often find that customers move into properties within our service territories with the expectation that they'll have energy ready and waiting for them when they move into that house. And sometimes that's not the case. You know, they move in and they've they've made the decision to phone up their broadband provider, their cable provider, and all their kids in school, all those kind of like important things. But they've forgotten to tell their energy company that they're moving property. And when we look at that and unpack that, you know, there's, there's a reason for it. One of the models that we use in Avangrid, when we think about experience design, is Professor Fogg at Stanford University. He's designed this behavioral model where, depending on how attracted you are to that brand or product, the higher likelihood you are to engage with that product and go through procedures and make phone calls and click on websites to do so. And when you think about our industry, we are really at the bottom of that model for a a low motivation company to engage with and typically not easy to do business with. And that really answers the question on why that customer decided to make the phone call to their broadband provider versus pick up the phone or go on the utility website to tell us we're moving in. So 
experience design and having grid is trying to understand the psyche of why that's happened and how can we make experiences simpler and understand what processes and systems and experiences need to be designed and developed to make an easy process so customers pick up the phone or click the button and they have their energy when they move into that property. Complicated to design for, we're trying to pay attention to customer behavior, maybe using that in a way that gets them to think more consciously about their energy choices. So I'm curious about how you took experience design, CX design, how you use that to help people think about solving these kinds of challenges in a new way. Jeff, could you tell us a little bit about how Blink maybe contributed to that and how you partnered with Avangrid to do that? Well, I think CX design is such a great platform for helping companies think about problems in a new way and bring a lot of value to the business that they might not have seen otherwise. If you think about typical problems in a business with being able to serve customers better, take a scenario like a power outage. In one sense, the business wants to do better on being able to, you know, have a reliable network, always have the power on. And one way to create a better experience for customers is to restore that power quickly, right? Which certainly is important, but there's a lot of focus that goes into that. You know, we think about the satisfaction of a customer with, with their power out. The best thing to do is put systems in place that restoration happens quickly. But when we look at it through a customer experience lens, there's other opportunities there. It's not just about restoring that power more quickly. It's also, you know, how do we take this experience where you've got a customer in potentially a fragile state? This is going to be a moment that really matters to that customer, right? So it's an opportunity for the business to really show up and communicate better, give them confidence, and really show them that we're on it, we're addressing it. And we find that when we look at it through these customer experience lenses and we start to measure it, that these moments that matter really buy us a lot of trust and goodwill in the long term of the relationship. And you know, it brings a ton of value to the business when we start to put in better designed experiences and yes, of course, we want to restore the power more quickly for sure. That's that's a big driver. But also think about other things that we can be doing to make that experience work well for our customer. It brings a ton of value as well. One of the things I would like to build on there, we spent a good bit of time working with our line crew and engineers that are out in the field every day during storms and, and all sorts of really tough weather to get the lights back on. And one of the things we looked at was the customer experience based on how long your energy was out. Our teams were really geared at getting the lights on as quickly as possible when that power goes out. So that was their objective. How can I expedite the restoration process as much as possible? And in doing so, we negated to tell the customer what we were doing because it would take an additional four or five minutes out of that restoration process for a line crew operator to pick up one of their tablets within their truck and update you know, the progress on that tablet, which would then tell the customer that, hey, we're restoring the power. It's going to be back online in two hours. So providing that kind of impact and visibility of the impact that what the operators do and how that influence our customer experience was really a, a moment of magic for us. And realizing that, you know, if the power takes five more minutes to get restored, however the customer's informed, that's a win for us. And that's really the core objective we should be shooting for. So it's about reshaping that problem statement through the lens of the customer. 
I don't know if you meant to do this or not, but you said moment of magic and moment that matters. I think that's an interesting way to think about how it can be more than just what matters, but how it can actually be a magical time for a customer whenever something is resolved quickly or something's just resolved correctly or they feel heard. That's kind of the the North Star to be reaching for, I think, when we're trying to design really amazing experiences for people. But knowing what matters is how you turn it into magic. So we're trying to help people think about solving challenges in a new way. And we talked a lot about the benefit there. But I'm wondering, are there any mental hurdles you had to overcome as you're trying to help people think differently about solving challenges in a new way? Are there any mental hurdles that you identified or things that you did in order to help move people along? Some of the kind of mental hurdles that we really experience in Avantgrid relate to the way the, the industry and the organisation has, has evolved over the years. So it's really about our responsibilities to provide a safe and reliable service to our customers and all of our procedures and systems and interactions are built around that. So I'd say one of the kind of biggest hurdles is really trying to align goals such as efficiency goals to get power restored trying to make sure that we run as efficiently as we can do so we can keep customers' bills down, but also adding the customer element into those objectives as well. And what I really mean by that is, you know, the example I touched on a couple of moments ago where if the line crew engineer took five minutes out of that power restoration job to update their PDA tablet, so the customer would get an alert to tell them someone's on the job, that allows a customer to make informed decisions on what do they do next. You know, do they take the kids around to a neighbour who's got power? Do they work from a coffee shop so they can get Wi-Fi? So I think it's about introducing the customer conversation and those customer problems into the business and, you know, helping our business partners understand that you can achieve both efficiency as well as those key customer objectives. Yeah, and I think, you know, what we're working on out of OnGrid, right, is really realizing that the partners, the business units inside of the business, they're not really anti-customer. They just need a new lens on how everything that they do affects the customer. But from a CX design function, you know, there's a lot of work to do there to kind of bring people along to that thinking. And, and I think we have to be patient in a way right? Realize that this is a marathon, not a sprint, right? There's a lot happening inside of the business that have worked the way that it works for a long time. And we can't just show up and say, okay, this is the new focus. This is what we're doing. A lot of things are going to change. You have to start small, work up to some of the bigger goals, but it's having those high level principles about this is what we ultimately want the experience to be like. This is what we're trying to achieve. And tying those things to even small things that we might be able to do in the business that they might be able to do in their operations to get us there. So, you know, it's being able to think about that high level of Zoom, the ultimate experience for the customer, and then tying that to what different parts of the business are doing and how they can help us achieve that. I just add to that, Jeff, I think that's a really good point you've touched on. It's not just about customer experience, you know, in a business like ourselves where you know, we've got tens of thousands of guys and girls on the field every day, you know, trying to keep the lights on for our customers. It's about the employee experience as well. If you can improve those internal interactions and help make their jobs easier, then it's it's a win-win. So I think it's about bringing the employee lens and the customer lens together and consolidating that into an overall experience program. No, I agree. Working inside in order to work outside often is really successful for a lot of companies, but I think we feel like we're being indulgent or something by helping things work better for ourselves internally. 
And I would love for everybody to hear that that's just absolutely not true. The things that we do inside of our companies affect our customers in a large order of magnitude. You'd be surprised at how making things better for yourself internally actually pays a lot of dividends. So as you know, we've been chatting prior to this session here today and it sounds like energy businesses and other companies like energy businesses have a lot of design debt, meaning there's a lot of things that you could potentially fix. There's a lot of stuff that has accumulated over time. And a lot of the companies that we work with, many of the people listening, they're in the same boat. But obviously you can't redesign everything all at once. In fact, that's going to be a recipe for failure. So prior to this session, I was asking you, you know, how did you go about figuring out where to start and how to prioritize your work? Generally, you said that one, you have to meet the business where it is. And we've talked about that a little bit and that you have to balance business and design priorities. And I feel like those responses are distinctly different, but intrinsically linked. <laughs> so Craig, I was wondering if you could elaborate a little bit on what it means to meet the business where it is. For me, really, there's two different approaches to customer experience redesign. One of which is you can do transformation to a business. So you can bring in a bunch of external consultants, deploy new systems, and then you can hope it works. And very often than not, that's where transformation fails. Another approach is you meet the business where they are. And what I really mean by that is starting really small and on the ground, understanding those core moments that matter to our business areas, to our employees, and how that then flows back to our customers. So kind of mapping all that stuff out and then working with business experts to understand how we can change things once you get the lens of the customer added in there. I think that's that's critically important, but also identifying quick wins where you can get tangible output with value that you can measure both from a customer perspective as well as internal perspective. You know, building up confidence and trust in your program and really accelerating from there with the business as a, a lockstep partner in that journey. So tell me a little bit about how you began to think about balancing all of those business and design priorities. You know, how did you go about thinking about that as you came in? You're kind of dropped in a lot of the times into situations and you have to assess the lay of the land. You can probably see strategically where things could go, might go, because this isn't your first rodeo. One of the things that we noticed when we started talking to Craig and came into Avangrid is he and the team were already using data to make decisions about what to prioritize, but also this was important to convincing different parts of the business and especially, you know, leadership, of course, but also on a business unit level of what we were trying to do, what we were trying to affect. And I think that's really important for a CX team to be able to have some measurement and at least goals and ideas about how we're going to measure that, because that's going to show impact. But it also shows your business partners inside the business where the value is. So it really helped to center those conversations with partners that they could see the value as well, and then become more invested with us in working on design solutions. You know, we talked about some of this, or maybe a lot of it is kind of below the waterline, right? It's about the employee experience. Some of what we're doing in the CX function is really helping different parts of the business understand how it works. How are they running a process like for move in, move out in the call center? You know, how does that flow through the call center? How does that affect the customer? And it's helping them then create better processes for that. So I think that's that's how you do it, right? You need to use data as sort of that driver to really show the value. Just to play back, I was hearing, you know, mapping moments that matter to employees and customers, remembering both sides of that equation, bringing partners in, using data, 
and helping people reflect on the way they do things. I think there's a lot of doing stuff, throwing it over the wall and someone else does it, right? And we don't always see the full picture. But once we do, that can be very transformative and uh, we can galvanize people to make some good decisions and to design things that maybe we didn't even think of, right? So that role of facilitator as designer is really important in these situations. I'm wondering what else is there, though, when we think about how CX professionals embrace the practice of design in the way that they work today. How might they do that? Where should they start? Fundamentally, it's about understanding where opportunities lie and where we've missed customers' expectations, employees' expectations, and where we can absolutely exploit capabilities, talent processes, interactions, experiences to move the needle. And the first thing for me, really, as a CX professional, we've all got really a strategic responsibility to make sure that everything we do, as well as everything our, our business partners do, points back to the customer. And you can absolutely use you know, qualitative research, quantitative research, and all those good things that we do a lot of but the magic moment that really I remember back from the start of our journey was when we had a leadership team away day and spending, you know, the whole day talking about strategy and plans and all these cool things we're going to do and how we're going to achieve our KPIs. And then we had a lunch break. And after that lunch break, we brought in customers, real customers of ours to talk directly to our senior leadership team. And we ran a, a design sprint with customers. And it's great to look at, you know, how many calls have you had this week and what's your contact satisfaction rate been for those calls. It's great to look at those KPIs and you need those hygienes in place. But it's when you get those real customer stories directly from the customers and understanding from an empathy interview perspective where those key trigger moments are that cause those those moments of pain. And then inflecting really on those and building out solutions that are directly aligned to achieve and resolve those customer pain points. And for me, that's probably the most powerful thing a CX professional can do. You know, get your customers in, speak to your customers, empathize with your customers, use data really to kind of build that theory out into a larger program or solution, and then start to deliver quick wins where you can evidence that positive impact on customer experience. Yeah, I think you're right, Craig. It's seeing that emotion that occurs in different parts of a customer's journey really has impact with teams, with executives, with different departments within a company where they really start to understand what the service means to customers at different points. That's what really starts to move the needle, I think, and seeing the value of design in the business. When we were speaking prior to this call, we were talking about how surveys don't create emotion, <laughs> but it's the design method or, you know, at least the analysis method that we rely on quite a bit inside CX organizations sometimes. So moving into this more qualitative space, making things human, very, very important. I love that you gave this example. I'm always telling clients that empathy, if you had to have an equation, empathy is research in all of its forms plus action. Empathy is a demonstrated thing that we do inside of companies. It's not something that we hope happens or an emotion that we feel. It is taking action on what we understand about our customers. Jeff, if you could close us out with a few more thoughts on how CX professionals can embrace the practice of design when maybe they're not familiar or maybe they're novices or maybe they've been in it a while and they're forgetting what it means to really design. Can we get to the heart of it a little bit? Yeah, sure. I think we need to remember that design, what we call evidence-driven design, is a, it's a business process, right? So it's it has shared approaches with other disciplines because it really is about 
a problem solving process, right? We, we work in the problem space first to define that before working in the solution space. And so, you know, it's good to talk inside of organizations about that. Really what we're doing is helping the business become more efficient, be able to serve customers better, and then talking about, you know, what, what are the outcomes of that? But I think there's, you also need to think as you're starting that process, do you have the data that you need? You know, what is it that we don't know before we start this process? You know, what problems are worth solving first? There's certainly prioritization that needs to happen. We need to think about what's the level of Zoom of those opportunities? You know, how broad or deep should that focus be to have impact right now inside of the organization? It may be clear, you know, what parts of the experience need to be worked on first, but you need to have an experience strategy that all of these interactions are going to ladder up to, for instance. So maybe there's a, a process you need to do to establish that. And then I think the last thing, of course, is, is measurement. So always thinking about what is the outcome here? If we're talking about developing a business process, we need that for credibility in our CX practice or design process. So make sure that you're creating that full loop, you know, that what we're going to design, we are going to measure and then iterate on as we go. This has been a great conversation. Thank you both. You know, here at Forster, we talk about CX and design all the time. <laughs> this is what we do. This is what we love to talk about. This is what we love to help clients with. So thank you for telling the story of how CX and design can come together in powerful ways. We appreciate it, gentlemen. Thanks a lot. Thank you for having us. And thank you for hosting and closing out this series. It was a good one. We'll have to do more of these in the future. I think they'll be a hitch. Thank you. And thank you to producers Ellie and Julia, without whom none of this would happen. If you want to get in touch, email us at cxcast at forster.com or message us on Twitter at cx underscore cast. As always, you can find us at www.thecxcast.com or on your favorite podcast platform. Don't forget to like and subscribe and tune in next time for more CX Insights.